Hello everyone and today we're talking about Liverpool's Premier League managers uh, from Graham Souness all the way through to Jurgen Klopp who is the current manager. I am Chris from the Red Debate and I'm joined by Tom. How are you doing mate? I'm alright Smith. Yeah, not too bad. Good stuff. So as you can see in front of us we've got some beers from our sponsor Beer 52. Do you want to tell them a bit about this box? Career um, box? Yeah, this is the career box. Best thing for you to do is head over to beer52.com forward slash the red debate. Um, you can get yourself a free crate, read a bit more about what those the guys at Beer 52 do over on our website or rather on the hyperlink that we'll put up on our website. So beer52.com forward slash the red debate. Nice one. Check it out. So where do we start with Premier League managers? So Back to the beginning. Back to the beginning, yeah. Graham Souness was the first manager we had. Um, in the Premier League era. In the Premier League yeah. era. Um, taking over from Kenny Dalglish, King Kenny. Bit of a unenviable job, really. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You, you, you'd struggle to do better than Kenny Dalglish. Um, and he was there for a couple of years, wasn't he? Um, so me and, to, to put that into context, me and Tom were both born in 89, I'm late 88. Are you 88? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> snuck, snuck into so, yeah, December. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Sue Ness's era was probably a little bit before our time, but yeah, an- no, anything I'd... stand out from that? Not particularly as a manager. I must admit it, it's before my living memory as a football fan. Um, all I can recall is my dad loving him as a player, yeah. but then oh, saying that his him. management stint was underwhelming to say the least. Um, yeah. So he did win an FA Cup. I don't. Um, yeah. I don't remember this. Having looked back. Yeah. But he wasn't actually managing us in the cup final, interestingly. He had heart surgery. I don't know if you remember. Again, it's something I've heard about, but I I don't remember the time. I was, what, three and a half, four years old? Yeah. yeah. So, Souness left in 94. Should we just, my residing memory of Graham Souness as a manager, do you remember when he put a Galatasaray flag in the middle of the pitch against Fenerbahce? When he was Galatasaray manager. Check it out if you haven't seen it. It's a funny one. Um, I didn't even remember. He was Galatasaray manager. Yeah, Galatasaray fans revere him for it. Um, (laughs) Obviously, arch rivals goes and puts his flag in the middle of their pitch. It's a a funny moment in Turkish football history. There you go. Who knew? So Sunes leaves in 94 um, with one FA Cup. He had a win percentage of uh, just over 42%, which isn't bad. Um, And then Roy Evans takes over, who is probably both of our kind of first memory of of a Liverpool manager, certainly for myself anyway. Yeah, same. Um, Again, wins one trophy, the League Cup. Um, We were talking about it, weren't we? I think that's probably my first football memory. That League yep. Cup win, the win McManaman scoring the double against Bolton. That's if I think back to the very first football match, I can remember. I think that's probably the one. Yeah, yeah. So, so Evans actually had a very good win percentage. It was fifty one point seven seven percent, which is uh, obviously very high. That's comparable yeah, that's decent, with yeah. some of our best managers. I was going to say, isn't well, we'll come to it, but we'll yeah. come to it. Yeah. Well, Kenny's was uh, was phenomenal. It was like almost sixty, I think. Yeah, I remember Sky Sports flashing these yeah. up a couple of weeks ago during Brent. Um, pardon me, Jurgens. Yeah, like exactly. Form. So um, the squad he had, I think, was probably the most memorable thing uh, for I me. I love the, the Spice Boys. Yeah, the Spice <laughs> Boys, we, we love them. I, I actually met Steve McManamoo in, in the Hilton. Did and you? He's a great lad. Yeah. A real great lad. But you're looking at your, your Fowlers, your, your Stan Collymore, Redknapp, yeah. um, obviously McManamoo. Quite a nice English course to the team as well. Nice David, English David course, James yeah. goal, obviously, before he reached his heights. but And uh, Ian Rush up front, of course. Yep. Um, who was it? Ninety six, you said. Rush. Again, yeah. thinking back to my earliest memories as a Liverpool fan, I remember Rush's career sort of petering out as 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 obviously Fowler's came into play, and then I started watching more of Liverpool. So I don't, I, I never saw Rush at his best, but obviously I remember him in the green and white shirt for us. Oh, um, absolutely, le- late yeah. iconic and Rush. But yeah, and talking of other players under Roy Evans, um, there's been some gems, hasn't there? Like Patrick Berger. Mm. Both of us absolutely love Patrick Berger. Yep. Anyone else of note that you can remember? So I'll come. I'll come to him. I first touch on that era. For me, that is the defining era of Liverpool kits. The Adidas yeah. red one with the three white stripes and the thick collar, the the green and white checks. Do, do you remember? I actually had the dugout coat. Do you remember the the black dugout coat with like the I green triangles that, yeah. at the top and the white white bits down the side? I have to say, I loved the green and white checks. Yeah, yeah. same. It was looking back. It's probably one of those like shit shirts that yeah. You, 
like the real classics <laughs> that you could buy. But I loved it at the yeah. same time. I've got mine signed by John Scales. Okay, that <laughs> yeah. is that is a beautiful relic. <laughs> Safeguard that. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, Roy Evans kind of had had a strange Liverpool managerial career. Yeah, he um, did. Well, so Julier comes in and yeah. they they form this this dual managerial well partnership i guess which yeah. in my opinion was deemed to foul the minute it happened yeah it seemed like an easing out process rather than an actual yeah sort of primary focus i'm surely they didn't hire julia to be a joint manager it, it's surely bizarre, it was an easing it? out process it's i mean roy, roy evans was like bootroom staff played for the club his whole life uh, he was part of the furniture he was really well liked it yeah. seemed like an easy letting him down rather than just sorry mate you're sacked yeah, because he, he wasn't sacked yeah. even at the end. He yeah. resigned, didn't he? Yeah. But so Julier comes in having just had a lot of success with the French national team. Yeah. Um, obviously, they won the World Cup in 98 and he was the technical director. Yeah. So we bring in this well-regarded French legend of football, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, who went on to have a lot of success with us, it's fair to say. Oh, Julio was massively successful. Yeah, Massively he, successful, Like, yeah. era-definingly era so. Um, well, well, let's start with the partnership. So, Can I just go back to a bit yeah, about Evans? Because we on. said about funny characters in his time. Yeah. I forgot to mention uh, Karl-Heinz Riedler, who's one of my favourite ever players for Liverpool, for absolutely no reason whatsoever. I just loved Riedler, like signing him from Dortmund when they won the Champions League, getting really hyped about him, him basically never playing. And... Um, when I was at university, I worked for the Welsh national football team and it was when Roy Evans was there as a coach with Toshak and Dean Saunders and Paul Jones, actually, the ex-Liverpool, was the goalie coach. Was and we Joe Allen there? No, Joe Allen wasn't in the squad. It was a 2010 game against Croatia that I was there for. Um, Joe Allen wasn't in the squad at the time, but Roy Evans was lovely, like had a lot of time. I, I wasn't going to go speak to him, but my friend knew, obviously, I was a big Liverpool fan and itching too. And I went and spoke to him and kind of froze. <laughs> like, I didn't really know what to ask him. So I basically ended up asking him why he didn't play Riedler much more. <laughs> and he didn't give me an answer. <laughs> but yeah. Um, that, yeah that. But, did you, but reading a little bit about that, he... Do you know where Roy Evans went after Liverpool to manage? I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't even know he went anywhere. I'd forgotten this. Yeah. Cameraman James Fulham. Joint manager with Karl-Heinz Riedler. <laughs> what what on earth is that? After his first joint yeah. manager spell He obviously Liverpool. quite liked the part. Got a taste didn't he? Yeah. yeah got even even though... He, so his win percentage with Gerard Hillier was uh, 38.89. Oh, really? So very poor. They actually only managed together for 18 games. Right. Um, I thought it was less... Yeah, 18, 18 games. I yeah. thought it was probably less than that, actually. But well, there you go. Um, so Evans eventually resigns. Which season was that then? With both it of was ninety eight, I think. Was it? Yeah, July July ninety eight. Hulé comes in. So post literally World just Cup. after World yeah. Cup, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, November ninety eight. Roy Evans resigns. Right, I thought it was less than that. Okay. So Hulé ninety eight till two thousand and four. Win percentage of fifty two point one two. So yeah, nice nice win percentage. Is, that, is this league or overall? With Liverpool, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Because um, he was quite good overall, in the domestics yeah, yeah. as well, actually, wasn't he? Um, and he was actually Liverpool's first non-British manager. Um, well, we've obviously had quite a few since, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2001 season is probably a good place to start oh, with amazing. him. amazing. One of the most memorable seasons of, of my time as a Liverpool fan. Yeah, amazing. What did you think? Fantastic. That Like, we were blessed then to have... Owen, Heskey, Yari Lippmann and Robbie Fowler as a strike force. Yari Steven Lippmann. Gerrard in the mix. Sammy Hippier, who was phenomenal yeah. back in those days. Jamie Carroll. Gary McAllister. McAllister. Marcus Babbel. Yeah. We had a really we, a really good squad. That was when Risa was playing further up the pitch. Patrick Berger still played around then. Yeah, like, that, I loved that squad. Yeah, it was kind it was of the a great start squad. of a, a very strong core of Liverpool youngsters as well. Yeah, massive. You had, uh, obviously, Gerrard's coming through, mm. but um, Carragher, Murphy. There were lots of youngsters coming through. Yeah. And I was watching, uh, I think it's called, what was it? Well, so for, to, to start with, the Gerrard film on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, you've seen that, haven't you? I've seen Maker's Dream, yeah. He, he talks about Hulé being a father figure yeah. in that era there. You could see they were like his boys, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were. And also I watched the on Netflix the Premier League Legends Jamie Carragher episode. Oh, I've not seen it. And it, it's incredible what he said about Hulé. It's just the Liked way him, that, yeah. yeah, loved him. Absolutely loved him. Mm. And um, just the way that he was all, like literally like a father figure to them. Yeah. And those boys all, all came through and they're all roughly the same age with Michael yeah. Owen as well, of course. 
Um, just such a, a good unit of youngsters yeah. at the same time. Make a Stream actually made me remember how much I loved young Gerard. Obviously, Gerard yeah. was at his prime in sort of 2005 to 2008, really. But I loved young Gerard. That would he was raw as fuck, so, wasn't he? Yeah. But he just I loved it when he lost his head. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I think Julian managed the early part of Gerard's career fantastically. Um, yeah, the, the well, yeah he had a nice blend though, didn't he? Like he did, McAllister, yeah. as you were about yeah, to say. Yeah, the, the signing's a big yeah. one, and I think it had a, had a big role on Gerard's career. But I think the way Julian managed him, like betting in the captaincy, taking it yeah. away from a hippie, it can't have been an easy thing to do. Um, I think he managed that well. He, you know, Julian, my granddad always used to talk about this. Julian was a teacher in a secondary school in Liverpool in like really? the 70s. Yeah. In the 70s? Yeah. So he knew the city Apparently. well. I, I can't okay. remember the year. I should have That's looked interesting, it up, really. yeah. But yeah, he, he was a, a teacher in one of the schools. I think he was pretty loved by so I, yeah. Liverpool fans. So, so the last point to wrap up on, on Julio was obviously the health problems that he had. Yeah. Um, massively overshadow his time as manager at the club. Um, I think heart surgery was just after the 2001 season, I think. Because it I was the 2002 season that Phil Phil Thompson, Thompson took charge, yeah. didn't he, and brought us to second. But do you remember the game at which, I think it was an early kickoff on a Saturday, we played Leeds, and it was just announced at that game that Julio had had an aortic aneurysm, yes. and he went to hospital. Was that the mad game when Viduka scored four against us? Was that then? The mad game? I can't remember, but it was, um, there's a great story from Emil Heskey about right. it. He was currently getting... Um, treatment in the injury room well Heskey was Heskey right. was uh, and Hulier comes in and says like he's having pain and Heskey's right. obviously like have treatment have treatment and he he basically like tells Heskey to sit down and continue <laughs> the treatment and then it turned out that when Heskey eventually comes out of the treatment room at the end of the game yeah Hulier's obviously been rushed to hospital by then and right. he's had what a heart attack basically wasn't it he had an aortic aneurysm I think yeah right. but so it's yeah. just a like it, it, from what you can tell, it hit Roy Evans as well. That b- both were lovely guys. Yeah, they really widely liked, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, and very, very like well loved by the fan yeah. base. I'm not ashamed to say I'm probably the biggest Heskey fan there is as well. Yeah. That that Emil Heskey debut when we'd signed him, cameraman James is laughing at Heskey comments again. But <laughs> 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 You're too young, mate. You're too yeah. Um, to be fair, have a little look back at his early wh- early watch, career. Watch his goal against Bradford, his first league goal for Liverpool. Torres esque. It was pace, power, <laughs> slammed finish. That's it. But so yeah, it was fun. Un- it was fun under Julio. I didn't particularly like his style of play. I got to say, going away from home against European sides. I mean, we'll come to Rafa again, but going away and playing compact, it wasn't. It's not quite as fun as the barnstorming football that we saw under Rodgers and Klopp. But we, we it was we, a totally we, different era back totally then. Different, totally different. Totally different. Like we, the, those Liverpool teams were built on very strong defensive cores. Yeah. Um, not a lot of pace. Yeah. It was big physical boys like Gerard, basically, yeah. wasn't it? Oh God, that that was when we first started to develop a team of like athletes. Yeah, uh, you, like Real you athletes. look across that squad and you compare it to like the nineteen ninety six squad, which is full of good players. But you look at players who were probably better players in the Roy Evans team, like like your Rob Joneses and so yeah. on. And then you look at the athletic capabilities of the boys that Julia brought in, your Reeses and your Heskies, and yeah, like yeah. it's a different ball game. Yeah, totally. So. Hulé eventually leaves. Um, Rafa comes in yeah. in 2004. I remember it well because Valencia were actually my favourite team on Championship Manager. Um, obviously, Rafa, <laughs> Rafa, his his pre Liverpool career at Valencia was extremely successful. Yeah, he won phenomenal. La Liga. Um, so in a l- tough era as well, like club to win La Liga, barring Real Madrid, Barca, and Atletico, right? But Bar Atletico as well, but at the time yeah. it was it was just Real yeah, Madrid. At, yeah, at the time just Barcelona, yeah. wasn't it? Um, so he c- comes in with high pedigree. Um, you remember, remember that Valencia European. team? Oh, they were dynamite, weren't they? Pablo Aymar, Ruben Baraka. He was the striker they had. Mister. Mister. Yeah. Well, they had John Carew as well. Big John Carew. Aston yeah. Villa legend. <laughs> not, not quite. Pablo Aymar. They had Ruben Baraka as Pablo well. Pablo Aymar was one of my favourite mm. footballers of all time. I think at, at that time, anyway. Mm. Real Real Madrid before Valencia, he was at Real Madrid, Madrid Castilla, like under twenty threes or something. Yeah, Real Madrid Castilla, wasn't he? Tenerife did not know that. Rafa was Tenerife manager before. He actually played for, I think it was Real Madrid, like youth. He played for Real Madrid Castilla. And then he yeah. got a bad injury, didn't he, and retired at like twenty six or something. He, like that. All I know is that he didn't have much of a playing career. Yeah, but yeah. So anyway, Rafa comes in. Um, win percentage of fifty five point four three, phenomenal, and. Um, 
you have to start really with the two Champions League finals, 05, 07, and then obviously the title challenge subsequent to that. So tell me what your thoughts were, first of all, when he came in and then when this, the first Champions League happens. Um, I mean, it was an interesting time for the evolution of the English game. It wasn't like there wasn't the mass exposure to European football as there is now. Do you know what I mean? Like if your club now gets linked to a foreign manager, you know all about them. You've seen interviews galore. You've seen clips on the internet of their team playing. Yeah. I, like back then, I knew Valencia would, were good. I'd seen them a handful of times on ITV Champions League football. Didn't really know much else about them. I knew who he was, but more by association that he was the Valencia manager. Mm. Didn't tend to, didn't specifically know him in his own right. But I remember where I was actually. I was at a parents' evening and I got a text from a friend saying, we've just got this Spanish geezer in who's... Um, Spanish waiter. Yeah, <laughs> the first <laughs> Spanish waiter. Um, and was... I can't really remember. I th- it felt like it was the right time for Julia to go. Um, yeah. But I don't really know where my expectancy was. Um, so I, it certainly I was excited, I have to say. Yeah, fair enough. But my expectancy yeah. certainly wasn't in winning the Champions League. No, no. I don't think anyone expected us to yeah. win that. And that season, was it, we came fifth that year in the league, didn't we? Yeah. Because yeah. we only got back through back by through, virtue yeah. of winning it. Everton came fourth. Everton came fourth. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Rafa really got the best out of Gerard, didn't he? In playing terms, yeah. But again... It's interesting because Gerard doesn't speak that doesn't fondly Doesn't speak that fondly of him, no. I think like it was tough love he gave Gerard. I, rem- I remember Rafa being interviewed about it, Gerard, in his early um, media days when he was Liverpool manager. And someone asked him about, you know, this pre- pre- uh, prodigious talent that he's got, Stephen Gerrard, one of the best midfielders in the world. And Rafa basically countered it by saying, yeah, he's good, but he wastes a lot of energy doing needless run, needless running. Yeah. The, the two were always kind of, I wouldn't say at loggerheads, but Gerrard's style was definitely not what Rafa wanted. But he was so good, you just had to play him. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rafa tried to farm him out a little bit on the wing yeah, initially. He, did, yeah. he had his best goal scoring season 05 06, playing from the right wing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting what he says. Like, obviously, he didn't move to Chelsea after the transfer saga under Rafa. But yeah, yeah. It, it, his reasoning in the, in the Amazon film is that um, he just didn't feel loved, basically. Yeah. And a lot of people who have left the club since Carragher another one has said that Rafa's actually yeah. quite cold yeah yeah whereas obviously Rod- Rogers and Klopp subsequently have been quite warm managers who really take care of their players yeah yeah whereas Rafa was very much tactical he didn't really do the day-to-day manage like man management with people yeah yeah and he had a very technical backroom staff didn't he oh was it, he- was it Paco and more famously, Xavi Valera, the goalkeeper. Xavi Valera, yeah. He got um, Torres. Yeah. Torres spoke so highly of, which is unusual for you. And Pepe Pepe Reina, obviously. Yeah. Torres was saying that um, there was a time under Rafa when Valera was the goalkeeping coach where he'd do one-to-ones with Torres and basically take him through every league goalkeeper's sort of like approach to one-on-ones, approach yeah. to like telling Torres where the keeper's weaknesses are. That That's like next level coaching. In, in my book, I was well impressed by that. But yeah. it, there was a lot said about the IS Duran and Rafa relationship, actually, wasn't there? Um, and people have likened it to the Buvac and Klopp thing. Yeah. But yeah, it was a big blow when he left, actually. Yeah. I think Rafa took us into that elite stage, elite tier again. Whilst we were good under Julio and winning the Europa League was a wonderful achievement, I think the Premier League was much better in Rafa's years. And I think he made us much more competitive. I f- like, Yeah. So l- let's talk about signings. Obviously, yeah. there was a huge. Spanish contingent loved it. Did you love it? Yeah, because he bought some bad players as well. He bought some shit players, like some real comical. (laughs) (laughs) Can you remember his first signing? His first signing? Oh no, Hosmi, I believe. Was it Hosmi? I'm going from memory. Hosmi for two million pounds, I think, was his first signing. Yeah, yeah, that's not one to (laughs) remember fondly. Yeah. Um, God, yeah. We, I mean, that was the era where we had a number of right-sided players. We were just going through like right Yang Kronkamp, Kronkamp, yeah, yeah. Philip Dagan. Philip Dagan. <laughs> what a cowboy he was. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he, he did build a much stronger squad. Yeah, we had um, a really decent squad. And we almost well. win the league under Rafa. Yeah. And you've said to me before, I think, that you preferred that title challenge season to yeah. Rogers' title challenge season. Oh, 809 is my favourite Liverpool really? season as a fan. Because yeah. of Torres? I just loved that team and I trusted us in a way that I haven't now until maybe even this season, barring the last few games. We're not meaning to time phrase this podcast, but obviously everyone knows this season and the clock's been great. Uh, But I trusted that 0809 team to to go out and win, even against the elites, like in the Champions League with Torres and Gerrard and the team. 
Yeah, I, I have to say I did as well. Yeah. The, the tour is Gerard Partnership, and I wrote a blog about this recently, so check out on our website. But TheRedDebate.com. Yeah. <laughs> Little plug. <laughs> that that partnership was so electric from, from the minute tour I signed. Um, they really did light up and yeah, build yeah. for a long time, didn't they? Yeah. But, and it's remarkable that the season that we almost actually won the league, they barely played together because Gerard I was injured. I didn't know that till I read your piece. Yeah. I genuinely did not know that statistic. Look, like, share it with everyone. Yeah, uh, well, is they only started together twelve times. It, that's that phenomenal. Yeah. I, d- I wasn't aware of that at all. Yeah, I think what's overlooked is how bloody good Mascherano and Alonso were as well. Oh yeah. So well, um, that that leads me on to my next question yeah. to you. I suppose so. Rafa's time wasn't all all positives. Uh, there was a little yeah. bit of doom and gloom. Firstly, you've got the the actual ownership during his tenure. Yeah, which, the, which was the poor, political very rift, poor, really, yeah. isn't there? And secondly, you've got his management of the likes of Alonso. Yeah. Um, in my eyes, his management of Xabi Alonso was one of the worst things he actually did for us. Trying to farm out Alonso for Gareth Barry. But I think Rafa at least had a game plan. Like, he had a game plan. I'd, I'm not necessarily sure his execution was perfect. And also, it doesn't help that Alonso's gone on to have a fantastic career. Yeah, true. Let's say Alonso true. goes on to have the Gareth Barry tail end of career. And Gareth Barry goes on to have the Alonso trajectory. Which people may listen to and this and laugh at but you know you ask a lot of pros about who the most consistent player they've played with ever is James Milner said this on his podcast with um, Graham Hunter the other day he said Gareth Barry's the most consistent player he's ever really? played with yeah. like at least Rafa had an idea yeah it, it wasn't just Barry he wanted to replace it with him with it was Barry and someone else but I can't remember who the second one was um, can you Anyway, no, it, was, it wasn't um, simply that he wanted to replace Alonso with Barry's. He wanted to, to do a double signing thing, but I can't, I can't remember anyway. But yeah, his, the way in hindsight that looks seemed disastrous. Yeah, I think, so there are a number of, well, I wouldn't say a number, but there were certain situations, Michael Owen, another. Yeah. Of, I think, under Rafa, there were some, some ill feelings of uh, people being sort of shipped out that yeah. didn't actually want to. Yeah, the Owen one felt sour based on yeah. we had like one of the world's absolute elite forwards who was, you know, local lad, yeah. seemed to love the club. Like, you, you can't help but picture these scenes of him winning the 2001 FA Cup final for us. Um, like, it just seemed like a match yeah. made in heaven. I, I loved Mike Owen. Um, I was genuinely devastated. Yeah. When, and, and it wasn't the fact that he wanted to go as well. He, he wasn't wanted by Rafa. Yeah. Which was bizarre. It was a shame. Yeah. yeah. But additionally, to get £8 million in Antonio Nunes for him when he looked like he was one of the best players in the world I know. to go and sit on Madrid's bench primarily. But it just, yeah, it felt That's weird. That's crazy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's, let's wrap up Rafa with his lasting legacy. Um, he's this, loved, isn't he? Rafa Benitez. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one on Sky yeah. Sports? Yeah. Um, the Hillsborough Memorial, yeah. uh, lived in Liverpool for ages, still a big fan of the club. Yeah. He... His wife as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, see, she, yeah. Um, she's had a few digs at Mourinho as well about how Rafa Actually. always picks up the pieces after his jobs. Because ah, of the Chelsea of the Inter. Rafa. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think he'll ever manage us again? Because he was I keen for the I, job, wasn't he? I don't he? think he, he will, but I wouldn't job. be adverse to the idea. I would be adverse to the idea. Although I'd like to see what he can do now yeah. with, with cash. Yeah. Obviously, he's done a fantastic job at Newcastle. He's done a so phenomenal far. job at Newcastle. I think he's a good fit for the club. They're a good fit for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, talking about his Hillsborough involvement, that video of um, like the whole of Anfield at the memorial service singing his name and him starting crying and stuff, yeah. it's, that's so brilliant. Um, and that that's one of those iconic moments that will just never be forgotten. Yeah. And one of the reasons why we love him so much. I think he loves us as well. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And those memories, like the 2005 Champs League final, will never be forgotten. Yeah, yeah. And he he will always have that. But ultimately, his career did come to an end in, in quite a sour way. Um, yeah. And we replaced him with Roy Hodgson. It was a joke. Which pains me to even say it. Yeah, yeah. That Roy takes... So Roy takes charge in July 2010. Yeah. Um, win percentage of 41.9 which, which is isn't just, actually horrendous it's not horrendous but it's if you look at Roy Hodgson's career statistics that's his career yeah. average right and points we can talk a lot about you know people in football now talk a lot about deviating from the norm and how statistics tend to, to be um, like carried through if you look at this man's long career he averages this number of wins yeah why did we expect anything different and uh, well for, for me the, this sums up Roy Hodgson's career. I'll read out his signings. 
Oh God. And <laughs> I genuinely laughed out loud when I read these. Cameraman James is. Cameraman James. In fact, the first name <laughs> I'm going to say uh, will ring plenty of pleasant memories for you, James. It was John Joe Shelby was the first man in. That was signed that under Rafa, but I was arrived, say, that's be arrived under yeah, Hodgson. Yeah. I love so first, first man John in Joe. under Hodgson was John Joe Shelby. John. Um, his signings, though, mm. were Paul Koncheski, awful. Milan Jovanovic, awful. I was a little bit excited about Jovanovic in advance. I think that was probably the minute he turned up. I that excited. The minute he kicked the ball, yeah. Danny Wilson. (laughs) I was a little bit excited about him. Yeah, but again, he's he's been dropped by Rangers these days. I think no idea. He has no idea what's going on with Danny Wilson. Joe Cole. At the time, excited, turned out to be awful. Do you remember Gerard said that anything Messi can do, Joe Cole? Yeah, (laughs) that That is a soundbite. Christian Paulson. Yeah. Who I tipped in our last video as having the worst Barnet, along with Voronin, that's See, ever like, played for. I like Paulson's hair, but not to the footballer. I thought he was rubbish. He was awful. Yeah. Um, Brad Jones. Nice guy. Nice guy. Awful. And Raul Morales, who I liked Raul Morales, I'd say, but not He was superb. an all right footballer. Yeah. He went on to Chelsea, Scores but he nice slagged us off after he left, so he's dead to me. Fair. Danny Wilson's in the Danny MLS. Wilson. MLS. MLS. He can't even be that old. He plays for Colorado Rapids. How old is he? Um, 27. Still he's still So he's only 27. He's failed in England, failed in Scotland. So he's gone to America, as you do. Going back to Paul Koncheski, we didn't mention this last time, actually. Do you remember his mum having a rant on Facebook? I do. About this Scousers. is brilliant. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Carol Koncheski. Yeah. She was posting up statuses at like four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> slagging off Scousers because we were all saying Koncheski's shit. I love that. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, that was one of my favourite memories yeah. of that time. But that was a pretty bleak era for us. I, I think, um, so Roy didn't hang around too long. He was, he was out by January. Um, his most famous quote being that we're not too big to be involved in a relegation scrap. Unbelievable. Well, at that stage, we were 18th after six games of the yeah, season. Yeah, I remember 18th. going to see us play against Charlie yeah. Evans Blackpool, and it was just like genuinely dire times. Oh, losing to Blackpool. the quality of the football but, and the style yeah. of play was abysmal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually went to all of the Europa League around that season because I was living in North. Well, I was living in Liverpool um, whilst I was studying in North Wales. Uh, yeah. Up shots, it was easy to get tickets. Down shots, we were fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Saviour comes in. Mm. It's none other than King Kenny Dalglish King again Kenny. for his second stint as manager. Um, tough job, to be fair, but he did it very well at the start. Yeah, yeah. So Kenny finished surprisingly with a low win percentage of 47.3%. Which wouldn't have been accumulated from his first stint because he comes in for the latter yeah. half of that first season, doesn't he, in, in yeah. um 2010 2011 yeah. has that mad January transfer window mad window yeah keeps us we got fourth that season didn't we Ooh, anyway did we... he did good in, no to beg your pardon we can't have done but he got did good enough a no, job to we came f- very close we to came eighth, fourth didn't we and won the league cup yeah but he did good enough good enough a job to get the job permanently yeah he did under yeah. FSG yeah well yeah, yeah. so he took over well, I think we were 12th when he took over yeah and we finished 8th and beat Cardiff in the league cup that's final, right yeah um, which was the first trophy we'd had in I think 6 years yeah, yeah it was so nice to get Kenny, back. Kenny brings back the brings back the trophies um, and I think everyone at the time myself included was like this is the return of Kenny Dalglish one of our best ever managers yeah the trophies are going to come thick and fast and should we go on yeah sorry you go on I was going to say well obviously it did, we, we almost won the FA Cup against Chelsea the following year yeah yeah um, we lose that 2-1 in the final but it was actually a bit of a bizarre time under well, under well Kenny, it was strange it? yeah because FSG came in they'd talked the talk um, we'd seen what uh, they were called New England Sports Venture at first mm-hmm. when they we were told about what this project they'd run at Roma as well and we were told they wanted a young manager. They wanted to implement this money ball situation. They brought in Damien Camoli. Yeah. We had that it wild window fit. where we sold Torres, yeah. got Carroll, um, and had already assigned Suarez in that window with the yeah. plan being Torres and Suarez up top. It was like very weird things going on at the club. Camoli told us about all these players he wanted to sign. Not many of them happened. <laughs> like, it was weird. It Do you remember how hard player, yeah. we wanted Jan and Veer? <laughs> yeah. And Blaze Matuidi. These were supposed to be Kamoli's boys and he was supposed to build a team around them. Matuidi would have been class, Matuidi, to be fair. Yeah. In hindsight. In hindsight, yeah. Thank but we, end, we, we ended up with Charlie him. Adams, Stuart Downing, Jose Enrique. <laughs> Moneyball. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Moneyball. Um, 
And I suppose one of Kenny's most memorable moments is is the first major Suarez incident. Fucking hell, um, I know. He, yeah, he he was the manager then, and my memory of it was that he didn't handle it very well. You, you talking about the everything? Or? Yeah. So it was the racism allegations, wasn't it? Um, yeah, because... And the the squad come out wearing When was the, the bite? When was the Ivanovic bite? Ivanovic bite, is that all that? But yeah, after after the everything, certainly I remember us pitching up wearing the um, yeah, t-shirts in support in support of him. So yeah, the Ivanovic bite was a Rogers, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah the 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 Ever bite was. Looking back on things, it was slightly thin ice to get the whole club to back a player who's made an alleged racist claim. It was I also th- I thought that compared to how Rogers dealt with the other incidents um, yeah. when it was very understanding, you know, we, we got a lot of help for Suarez. Yeah. yeah. Steve Peters came in yeah. like to, to try and sort out his, his mental side, but Kenny was very bitter. I remember listening to a lot of his press conference after games where obviously there was a lot of um, negative press right. being directed at Suarez and the club's management of it. And he was very bitter, short, yeah, yeah. short with journalists. Like I don't think he handled that situation very well. Looking back on it, I can't really remember much other than Dalglish seeming like a bit of a deflated character by the end of his reign, which was quite sad for a club legend. Ironically, people talk about Suarez and Dalglish in the same breath when they talk about our best ever players. I wonder if that's like, you know, it must be hard for Dalglish having been a Liverpool icon, one of our greatest ever players to then see and a player compared to him in playing terms doing like wild stuff. Yeah, I mean, being the professional that he was, yeah. How do you get your head around the fact that one of your, well, your best player, he's your best player, racially abused someone, yeah, (laughs) and denied it heavily, yeah. Um, I suppose the club had to stand by Suarez, but the way that we went about it was, for me, a little bit sour. It's a strange thing, all of those controversial topics, isn't it? Because the rules potentially are different from one player to the next. Let's let's say John Joe Shelby had done that. We wouldn't have been coming out wearing t-shirts with John Joe Shelby on. I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I say he had done that. Had allegedly. It was done it that. was the confusion though, wasn't there? If John Joe Shelby had have done it, it would have been in English, and I don't think he yeah, could have no, had a leg to stand. Yeah, yeah. Suarez has always maintained his innocence yeah. of the the term that he actually used. And yeah, saying that he calls Glenn Johnson it in training. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, Glenn Johnson was one of those. Glenn Johnson the backed him, didn't he, and wore the t-shirt. But unbelievable. Scene. It must have been quite strange times for. I'm sure there were some of the squad who didn't quite believe his claims, but the fact that we've spent so long discussing this in the Dalglish topic is like proves what a significant talking point it was around that time. It was a very, very strange time. It was. Should we cheer it up a bit and say one of my favourite memories of that time is Maxi Rodriguez and Sebastian Quartas? (laughs) (laughs) That picture of them when Sebi Quartas is holding holding Maxi Rodriguez like a baby. baby. (laughs) What was that from? I don't know. (laughs) We'll post it on glorious um, memories. We'll put it on the social media channels. Do you remember when he scored a bicey? Yeah, absolutely. Check it out on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, Rogers uh, Rogers eventually takes over from Dalglish in June 2012. I don't know if I even want to talk to you. I am desperate to get this. Uh, uh, <laughs> we've squabbled so, about so this. So Tom and I are very much polar opposites when it comes to Brendan Rogers. Yeah. So let's start with his win percentage. All right. 50. Yeah. Bang on. 50%. Fair enough. Um, right. Inherited, well, a, a squad that at the time was obviously rocked by the Suarez stuff. But... Yep. Um, I don't think anyone expected Suarez to come back that season and be quite as good as he was. Yeah, I don't think in Dalglish's first half season, or sorry, Suarez's first half season under Dalglish, he, I mean, he was all right. He was probably posting the sort of figures that we would have expected from a 20, 24 yeah. million pounds. He was very raw though. I remember thinking like, yeah. he's all over the shop. Very but then, good, but, but then all over the shop. Rogers just got the best out of him, didn't he? Yeah, uh, that the partnership that Rogers formed of obviously later in the um later in his reign yeah yeah bringing through sterling and, and sturridge as well yeah. that that partnership for me is one of the most devastating partnerships we've ever had for a season what the suarez yes, sterling yeah. sturridge coutinho gerard yeah it, it was a phenomenal front line i'll say me, me and brendan got off on the wrong foot really because he came in and uh immediately apparently said he wanted he didn't want anything to do with andy carroll 
I'm, I Which back touched him. a nerve for me. I back him. There. It touched a nerve. <laughs> and you can see why we argue about everything. Yeah. R- regarding yeah. Rogers. Rogers wanted to implement the style of football that's kind of like against the grain of what I like. I, I'm not talk- I'm not necessarily saying I like watching physical football, but give me a squad of imposing athletes like Julia's previous squad and Klopp's current squad of boys who'll run it's through a good, you. It's a good Versus point. Rogers actually, wanted yeah. to bring in lots of small technical yeah. players matching this tiki-taka style that was in vogue at the time. And it I w- think we'd, we'd never had that before, ever. No. So if you look at going back as far as Julio's team, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all built on tactical sort of defensive cores. Julio and Rafa, completely yeah. so. Yeah, um, yeah. And Dalglish wasn't particularly like electric counter-attacking football. No, we scored some fantastic goals under Dalglish. Um, and he let them off the reins a lot more than Rafa and Julio. Yeah. But Rogers wanted to bring in something different. Like, yeah, I mean, it was really exciting at the best, but I just thought Rogers, do you, mem- do you remember his uh, pre- initial presser? when he got so animated that he stood was, up and started brilliant. talking to the audience. <laughs> See, and he was talking about, basically, he was just reciting a chapter from Jonathan Wills' Inverting the Pyramid book where he talks about one holding midfielder and two advanced midfielders. Yeah. And then he stands up and he one, goes, and then the and one two. becomes a two. <laughs> and it's just like... That was one of my favourite things I've ever seen in I, football. Yeah. I <laughs> you loved it. truly am a Brendan Rodgers disciple. Yeah. I'm chucking it out there. And it pains me so much that he's... I would say as far as despised by Liverpool fans. He's just laughed at. I don't like, get it. Do you, right, not, okay. do you not, though? A lot of his quotes. So, for example, the one you've just used, our joint football teams, we do like quite a few fantasy <laughs> football teams where you buy it. And Chris makes us call the team every year Brendan's Disciples. <laughs> 100%. And it's from the quote that Brendan said... Uh, about, he said about Lucas, didn't he? he was and like, Joe Allen, Lucas that? and Joe, they're my disciples. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like fucking hell, mate. I would love to be a Brendan Rogers disciple. Well, we are, aren't we? Well, you are. Oh, anyway. I am. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. So let's let's start with some of the good things. Yeah. So people forget how good we were under. Oh, Rogers, you can't overlook how good we are. Rogers was Rogers. the first ever, and I think he's still the only ever Liverpool manager to win Manager of the Year. Did he win Manager of the Year? Win then? LMA Manager of the Year. Who who was City Manager? Was it Pellegrini? Yep. Why, um, why did he not win manager of the year? Because, <laughs> oh, I guess because we were Fair not enough. favourites in any way. Fair enough. It was enough. a late and surge. A surprise surge, yeah. So, surprise title challenge in 13-14. We finished second. Yep. Gerard slip. Henderson's uh, red card. Yep. Two pivotal things that could quite easily be different. Um Rogers could One be thing an absolute hero he right could, now. Yeah, he could. One thing that doesn't really get mentioned when you talk about that 13-14 season is that Suarez went into it on a huge ban. Huge ban. We missed him for the first five games, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, in, in six, I think it was. was but it six? In, we actually did pretty well in those six well, He scored games. in every game, I think. Yeah, Sturridge did. Um, yeah. and we actually scored 101 goals that season. Mm. So I think it was the most goals ever scored by a team not to win the league. Uh and the third highest in Premier League history. So yeah. you can see the kind of football that Rodgers was getting us to play. Yeah. Um, if you say 13-14 to any football fans, well, we can ask cameraman James, is, does, which one player in the whole league does 13-14 remind, remind you of? Luis Suarez. It is the Luis yeah. Suarez season, isn't it? Can you name any other seasons that are defined by the brilliance of one player? Particularly in a season right. when we didn't it, win the it's league. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's actually that bizarre. That is the best individual season I've ever seen. We were having this conversation the other day, weren't we, about yeah. would you prefer Suarez or Salah? And it was a tough one to argue. Like, yeah. You could argue both ways. There are strong the, arguments. The defining point was that at that time, you wouldn't have swapped Suarez for any single Nobody player in the league. In the world. And opposition fans would have had him over any player. But yeah, he was the best Whereas player in the league. I still season. think, for instance, well, I've asked a lot of Chelsea fans, would they swap Hazard for Salah? And they still Basically, say no. every Chelsea fan yeah. says no. And, and, and even I though Salah have just all... broken the record, they still wouldn't have him. Yeah, and I can also see why Chelsea fans would say no oh, to yeah. that as well. Which is why I opted for Suarez. <laughs> yeah. Suarez, the issue with Suarez is he didn't score against any of the big teams. Yeah. He was a flat track bully, wasn't yeah. he? That, that, that said... It was from the season before, 12-13. Do you remember when he set Dirk Cowart's hat-trick up? Oh, God. Dirk Cowart with a hat-trick from a combined total of yeah. about six yards yeah. between the three goals. But The first one when he dribbles it through the box. Unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> let's talk about a slightly funny uh, kind of legacy of Rodgers. So there's two things. One being Liverpool. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. You forgot about that, I didn't forgot you? About that. <laughs> uh, So, we did, as a club... It was kind of like the first Americanization TV show style 
thing Jesus, for a football club that yeah. happened, wasn't it? It was um, hilarious. Do you remember the John Joe Shelby Sterling? What with John Joe meowed? John Joe doing no, warm ups. And Sterling said something. He goes, "You know what you did." <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch being they're, Liverpool they're again. Behind the class. scenes with uh, with Brendan's <laughs> Liverpool, and one of the things that they they show is Brendan's house. <laughs> Oh and yeah, he's this, got a this massive was, picture yeah, of himself, a massive, massive portrait of himself, <laughs> a headshot of himself, and um, that combined with the social account deluded Brendan, yeah, has almost made him a bit of a, a well, a comical figure, isn't it? I mean, it's the things he said. Yeah, he's so soundbiteable. There are websites, weren't there? Like, who said this? Yeah, David Brent or deluded or, Brent, yeah. or Brendan Rogers. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And you've got. Um, is it Darren Farley, the impersonator? Brilliant. Who does Brendan yeah, superbly. When, when Joe Allen plays, yeah. he's like, my wee Joe. <laughs> Calling Joe Allen the Welsh Zavvy. The just Welsh Zavvy. up for just... <sighs> but I'm saying it again. Mm. Regardless of his faults, and all of our managers have had them, Brendan Rodgers, until this season, was a Gerard slip away from winning the Premier League yeah. and did a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, the mad thing about that season is we had... There's even a st- strong argument for Ali Sissoko being our best fullback last season. Yeah, like the squad <laughs> the squad was weak. Who played fullback? John Flanagan, Ali Sissoko, and Glenn Johnson, Glenn Johnson in rotation. Yeah. The squad like, was very weak, piss poor. But he got the best out of Gerrard by moving him deeper. He got the he best out of Gerrard in that phase of his career for yeah. a bargain. Mm. He got the best out of Daniel Sturridge. The committee probably bought in Coutinho, but oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> How much did Brendan spend? What are we talking? Are net we talking or? net spend? Here we go. Because Brendan was uh, Brendan was a real net spender, wasn't he? Yeah, he was Moneyball one hundred and one. Well, he sold Suarez, didn't he? Yeah, he spent. He outlaid three hundred. But how much did we sell? Because he would have recouped a fair Sterling? bit. He sold Sterling and Suarez. As Suarez. Well. Not sure, but who yeah, his first three signings. Joe Allen. Joe Allen, fifteen million from Swansea. Yeah. Lalana? No. No, 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 no. no. Um, Brendan's uh, first signings. He bought Barini for eight. Fabio Barini. From Roma. Yeah, having had him on loan at Swansea. And Which, I mean, this tells you about the man. He'd finished 11th with Swansea and he bought his first two signings were lads he'd coached at Swansea. It was like, come on, mate, you're the Liverpool manager now. Roy Hodgson did the same as well. Yeah, but Roy Hodgson <laughs> got immediately sacked. <laughs> nah, yeah, I know. But, but he, <laughs> the next he one, got good, good work out of them. Yeah, I like Joe Allen. Barini, no. Barini, no. Who was next after Barini? Was it a keeper? Was it Bogdan? Go on. Asaidi, Jesus. See, barely made an appearance. Asaidi would have been a committee signing, surely. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go down the who signed this player who committee signed or Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I was delighted. With I that, was buzzing about yeah. Nuri Sahin. Yeah, I was. Actually I actually good. loved that. Do you remember the purple kit we had? The purple kit, yes. with the white and the yes. yellow. There was a game we played against Norwich where he played like Andre Wisdom, Suso, Nuri Sahin. Asaidi came on. Suarez <laughs> was there. And this was in the 12 13 season, and I was like, I fucking love it. Yeah, this <laughs> love is this. This is yeah. class. And so let's finish on a positive note. Um, some of my most memorable games of all time have kind of come under Rogers. Yeah. Particularly the destruction of Arsenal in 20 minutes. Yep. I've, I don't think I've ever seen, ever in the Premier League, any other team be so explosive out of the blocks yep. than that Brendan Rogers team. Yeah, it's a Liverpool trait. We still do it. We still do but it, but not to the same extent. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Yeah, it was what five 0 in twenty one minutes or something like. That? Or four, was, the, four was that nil. the game when Suarez scored that ridiculous? Four, no, he didn't score. He hit the post from like forty yards with the, a volley. The, was that yeah, that game long as well? Volley, yeah, yeah. That's the best goal I've ne- not that didn't yeah, go in. Nearly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the best effort that wasn't a goal. Yeah. Um. So, in my eyes, Rogers has a fond. Fond yeah. place in my heart, but um, eventually I'm one of those cunts who discredits him and says it was all Suarez. I'm afraid, not all Suarez. Kenny had Suarez too. Kenny had Suarez too, but yeah, I, okay. I, but you, if you say that, that, just, that sale also contributed massively to his eventual sacking. Yeah, because he replaced him with Stroke didn't. Well, Stroke yeah. didn't with with Balotelli. He he came out two weeks prior and said he didn't want to sign him. Yeah, so. Whatever happened there with the transfer committee, it just the writing was on the wall for him that season. I think yeah. when when Klopp became available, obviously the the board moved quickly, but um, it made at the time sense. I felt that it was a little too soon. What for you for Liverpool to for go, Brendan yeah, to go? Yeah, I think we were sixth. You know, Wait, fourth we... was still in. It was possible. 
It, I cannot believe that he started 15-16 as Liverpool manager having lost 6-1 to Stoke in the last game of the previous season. He should have been sacked then. You take a lot of like disappointment from that, don't you? But I He should have been sacked sh- there. I couldn't then. give a fuck. My like, only, it doesn't my, matter. It doesn't matter, but my only feelings on the situation are that it was probably because Klopp wasn't available. Because Klopp left Dortmund yeah. at the end of the previous season, said he wanted he a hiatus. He went on a hiatus, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. He ends up bringing with him Matip, Karius and Ragnar Klavan as his scouting targets from his hiatus. But nonetheless, in 15-16, we... Yeah, I think it would have been a different story for Klopp had he had the summer and started that season. But Firmino was brought in in that summer. Yeah, true, actually. Did Firmino start of 15-16 under Rodgers? No. Or was he? Did we sign him in fourteen, fifteen? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Firmino came in under Rodgers. Really? Yeah. Because I remember Klopp looking at our squad before joining and commenting on the quality yeah, in the true, squad actually, and, yeah. and saying about Firmino. Yeah, that's true. I can't remember when exactly we signed Firmino, but he certainly was. Pl- Rodgers used him a bit as on the left wing. Yeah. Um, well, he's he's we've really changed him since we signed him because he was yeah. like a full-on attacking midfielder. Yeah. All I can reference yeah. is that yeah. Klopp had talked about having. Oh, look at this Liverpool squad. Yeah. They seem like a good project. They've got players like Firmino and Chan, who I know from the Bundesliga. Um, yeah. But moving on to Klopp, it, it seemed perfect. Um, perfect fit. So charisma-wise, um, the way he's taken to the club yeah. and the, the people, the city, the fans. Yeah, he's a massive socialist as well. Massive like, socialist, yeah. yeah. Um, it did seem like the perfect fit. And lots of Liverpool fans, I think, were, well, said that he was like the ideal target. And... Wow, like three years on? So he, this he managed four, sort of from October 15-16, Europa League final that season. Yeah. Um, and League Cup final. Yeah. 16-17, we got fourth. Yeah. 17th, 18th, obviously, the Champions League. Yeah. So this is his third full season. Okay. Um, but I, I think a lot would have changed if, as we probably should have done, we won the Europa League in 15-16 because yeah. we would have got Champions League qualification. On That's the back true, of that, yeah. which changes your summer project signings, it changes a lot. But I, I, on the whole, I think Klopp's just been a major success on many grounds, many fronts, rather. Yeah, true. I think um, I absolutely looking looking back on in the last couple of seasons now, um, they've been a huge step forward. But at the time, I was massively disappointed in the severe season. I, I, my my take on it was we'd signed someone. As a manager, who was going to immediately? We we were told we'd sign the caliber of players of people like Marco Royce. Um, Klopp comes in, but who told us that though? Well, no one I, really told us that. No one, yeah. We okay. were told that Klopp no one was really told us that. Of, like but the we were ideal told that manager. Elite, the, one of the problems with Rogers is that he couldn't att- attract. Couldn't the attract names. the elite players. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, that that was what we were told. But um, we were told that Klopp was also like the project manager who'd been economical at Mainz and got them promoted. Who'd been economical at Dortmund, done all sorts, not buying off their perch for a good few years. Okay, but if, if he had have left the the season after his first season when we lose the Europa League final. If he had have left then, what after sixteen seventeen yeah. or after immediately after immediately Europa after that final, would you have said that he made a mistake by he hedged his bets on the Europa League and we lost it, so we didn't get Champions League because Champions League was there for the taking. Yeah, we could we sh- we sh- and we should have got it, but he he rested players and went all. What out do you mean the on the league, league finish? Yeah, yeah, because that was why. Do you remember? I w- I was furious at the time. Yeah, yeah. Had, what, had we, we won the Europa league. league, I would have been yeah. obviously, obviously delighted. But a lot hinged on that game. That, a lot. It, that was on one it, yeah. of the most sour games of football I've ever watched. I don't, I don't do um, weekends at work anymore, but I was doing a hospital shift in St Helio in South London <laughs> and, and had to watch that game on had my to laptop. Watch Moreno in an, in an on-call room, destroy us just on shit internet connection. Just being the most bleakly depressed man on the planet at the time like i watched it with old work colleagues and yeah they were all cheering severe yeah and the daniel sturridge wonder goal goes in phenomenal i'm goal. giving it the big end saying yeah phenomenal goal this kid's yeah, mustard yeah. and then second half starts and uh, you can't really find a worse performance nah, than we one half fell off the face of the earth didn't we especially as moreno i can't remember the exact quotes but moreno had talked about how he's a severe fan yeah. before the game and it was just yeah. like mate you what are you doing yeah but yeah, I think um, Klopp places a lot of emphasis on working with squads. Yeah. So for him to come in halfway through a season, additionally, he didn't recruit in October, did he? in the January, did he? I think he might have even got Stephen Colker. That mm. was it. Yeah. In that first January. True. Yeah. Um, so he basically used Rogers' squad 
Um, that Europa League run was fun. It was fun. Really yeah. fun. And the times on the Klopp have been very fun. Yeah, the yeah. squad is in an incredibly healthy shape. I would say it's, we're, we're still a little bit light. but We're still light if you're talking about yeah. our tier of com- competition. At elite level. Because, yeah. like, if the target, which, you know, we've talked about all these previous managers, what was yeah. the target under any of them? Yeah. Other than maybe Rafa for one or two seasons and targets winning the league, Jurgen Klopp's the only manager whose expectation is to win the league and have a great go at the Champions League. And that's yeah. all thanks to him. That's true, yeah. Like, the others... the it was the Arsene Wenger syndrome, late Arsene Wenger syndrome, where we were looking at coming forth and that was the yeah. best we could achieve. And I think his, so to, to wrap on Klopp, I think his historic Dortmund v Bayern approach, it, it's got such a similar feel to it. Isn't yeah, it? it does. We're trying to topple Man City who outspend us. They've got a better squad than us. And Klopp's going about it the same way by building a, a great squad of yeah, people yeah. who love playing together, yeah. fostering a great team mentality. I think that doubters into believers thing is a quote that will stand in time, especially if yeah. we win this league. Yeah. I think that'll become an iconic quote that'll transcend f- football. It'll, yeah. Because like, if you look at the little ways he's tried to do that, like it gets chastised, but the thing running up to the fans and celebrating the West yeah. Brom draw. Oh, I love it. The unity that he's like, he basically thanks the fans for being supportive. You notice in the pre-matches, he always talks about getting the fan base on board and how the fans have an important role. I think he's aware of the impact that has on the players. And I think he's aware that the impact the players have on the ground dictates how much the fan base are going to be building the positivity. I think he like the little implementations that he does of that are just brilliant, like human management skills as well as yeah. player management. He's superb. He's that, just a great he? bloke, yeah. isn't he? He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Gotta love Yergi. I shouldn't really reference other podcasts because we are the first Liverpool podcast you should be listening to. But if you, anyone want to check out the Graham Hunter podcast episode with Jurgen Klopp, have you listened to yeah, it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really superb. good. Yeah. yeah. In fact, Graham Hunter's done some good Liverpool ones. He's done one with Andy Robb who he loves obviously because he's Scottish himself but the Jurgen Klopp one he talks a lot of non-football with Jurgen talks about his traits as a human being and his positivity and he's life. a great guy and isn't he? he's just so good to listen to yeah he is I, I love Jurgen Klopp and I th- <laughs> and Rafa really takes some beating for me there was a okay, time so when la- last question yeah favorite Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp yeah going out for it there was a time in my life interesting when if you'd said you can go for a pint with anyone in the world, Rafa Benitez would have been my answer just to pick his football brain. But Jurgen's my answer now. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> All right. So that's it you? for this episode. Favorite? Ooh. Don't say Brendan. I'm not going to say Brendan. <laughs> Brendan would be. He wants to say Brendan. I'd, I want to say Brendan, <laughs> but I'm not going to. I would go. We've Rafa. got some credibility to go Rafa. here, mate. You can't say Brendan. Rafa, for yeah. Yeah, you uh, didn't mention Wimp Klopp's wimp percentage. Fifty-four point seven nine. There you go. Which is phenomenal. Yeah. Really good. Um, all right. So that's it for this episode. Um, as always, give us a follow on our social channels. Yep. What are they again? What I've are forgotten, they again? Literally forgotten. <laughs> Twitter, we are at the Red Debate or Red Debate Chris or Red Debate Ollie from my brother. Um, we're on Instagram as the Red Debate. We're on Facebook as, I don't know, you do the Facebook. The Red What's Debate the LFC. The, ra- the Red Debate LFC. <laughs> give us a like on there. Um, give us a subscribe to the YouTube channel. I think the button's down there somewhere. James, yep. help me out, mate. Where's the button? Somewhere. Down there. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hit subscribe. <laughs> all, the, all the links will be in the button. Yeah, the bio we'll put all the links up. Yada, yada, yada. If you want to get yourself some beers from Beer52, head to beer52.com forward slash the red debate. And um, as always, if you want us to debate any topics in particular, just yeah, send yeah. them in via one of the social platforms. Yep, we will get to answering your questions on the podcast in its usual format rather than the video. But yeah, good stuff. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.